welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today, we have a very, very special guest. David Cobb is a people's lawyer who has sued corporate polluters, lobbied elected officials, run for political office himself, and been arrested for nonviolent civil disobedience. He believes we can and must provoke and win a peaceful revolution if we are to survive. I can't agree more. David serves as an advancement manager for the Wiat Tribes Dishgama Community Land Trust. I got through it. And as co-coordinator of the U.S. Solidarity Economic ne Economy Network. He also serves on the steering committee of the Green Eco-Socialist Network as an advisor to the California Progressive Alliance and is a leader of the California Public Banking Alliance. David Cobb, we meet again and welcome to Politics Done Right. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm very good. Hello, Egberto. It is such a pleasure to see you again and reconnect with you because the one part of the bio that you didn't mention is that you and I helped to co-found Move to Amend, the, the nationwide campaign to, to amend the U.S. Constitution to abolish in its entirety the illegitimate and court-created idea that corporations are persons with constitutional rights. But you know what? We didn't quite get the 28th Amendment out, but we sure got awareness out there. And it's still, people are still working on it. And you know what? We started it, brother. 62 Congress people have uh, endorsed that uh, uh, House Joint Resolution 48. I'm very proud of the work that you and I and others did, Egberto. Absolutely so. But anyway, it's great. Let me tell you, it's great having you here. First of all, before I go into the Decolonizing Economic Summit, tell me what you've been doing. Tell me what we need to know, because David Cobb has always has something to say. Well, Egberto, thank you for that invitation. And I am going to uh, take a step back for your viewers and listeners to really anchor how I am seeing this moment. Because you see, we are in a historic conjuncture, right? Like uh, It's important to understand, Egberto, that 99 times out of 100, if you really want to know what is likely to happen today, just study yesterday. Right. And if you want to know what's going to happen tomorrow, study today, because that's how history moves in patterns. However, one in 100, right? Like those conjuncture moments, are where there are tipping points, when there are opportunities for great change. Mm -hmm. I believe that we are in the beginning stages of a profound conjuncture. And it's not clear exactly which way it's going to go. But I want to say what I see happening, and that is we are in an ecological crisis. It's not coming. It's here and getting worse. And we are in an economic crisis. It's not just late stage capitalism. We're literally living in end stage capitalism because not only are, are, are the transnational corporations and the way the political economy operates consuming and destroying Mother Earth faster than she can replenish herself. That's existential in and of itself. In addition, and deeper still, Egberto, with automation, technology, robotics, the entire political economy is being restructured, whether you like it or I like it or Donald Trump likes it. It's being restructured in the at the same level of the 1930s when the entire economy of the entire global north transitioned from an agrarian society to an industrial mm -hmm. one. 
we are in another level of transformation like this. So it's an ecological crisis, it's an economic crisis, and it's also a political crisis. And the political crisis is because the current system cannot handle and accommodate everything that's happening and can't do what it's designed to do. And what I mean by that is this political system was never designed to solve white supremacy or racism. It was never designed to solve settler colonialism. It was never designed to solve economic injustice. In fact, it was designed to protect those things. What I'm saying is this, Agarto, to you, to your listeners, to your viewers, be clear, fascism is emerging now because the political system can't do what it's designed to do, which is merely maintain order. So an ecological crisis, an economic crisis, a political crisis, all convening at the same time. We're in the early stages of systems collapse. And I genuinely believe in the next 10, 15 years, we'll, it will become clear whether the dominant paradigm is going to be some version of eco-socialism and an indigenous worldview or some version of fascism. I wish that there was uh, that I didn't in between, see the yeah. clarity. I just don't see it, right? Like it's like slavery, Egberto. Like, like the, the, there are some things that just can't be accommodated in the same space. And that's why fascism is rising. And I'll end with this. I work like I'll have these kind of conversations with you, and I'll use certain words. But you've seen me, Egberto, in pool halls and bowling alleys. I can have this same conversation with a high school graduate or even dropout who's a construction worker who looks like me, I'll use a little bit different words, but I can communicate the same idea about how the boss man's got his boot on our neck. I believe, just like I know you believe, because I've seen you do it, take people who have a knee-jerk reaction and by listening to them and talking to them, find the common ground to bring them into our way of seeing the world. That is why you will always have a platform, not only on Politics Done Right, but on many other platforms, because whereas many would make what you stand for, uh, somehow the, 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 that person outside of the norm, the reality is you are the norm. We are the norm. We are where people are right now. It's just that it's not clicking. Just like you said, the system is not able to take all these ideas together, it's the same thing. They're not able to put what we are. They, they just can't believe the things that you are saying is where we really ought to be. And when that comes to pass, then we're then we'll see the change. So my my expectation, one of the reasons that I am doing this, and I'm sure it's why you are doing what you're doing as well, uh, David, is that we don't believe in hope. We believe in making what's going to happen happen. What needs to happen, happen. That's exactly right. Like, look, uh, like hope or optimism that is just in your head uh, is vacuous and sugar-coated nonsense, nothing. right? It means nothing. But I'll tell you this. Look, uh, it's like this. Theory without action is just contemplation. Right. But action without theory is just doing shit. Right. Right. Like what I what I love what I love talking to you and people like you is 
Let's have an understanding of the ecosystem, what's actually happening, so that then we can make a plan and do our best to implement it. Understanding that we're going to have to make corrections along the way, right? There's a great line in strategic planning that goes like this. Strategic planning is everything. The plan means nothing. Right. Because Absolutely once you, so. you, you have to be thinking about like strategic planning is, OK, when this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. But as soon as you put it into practice, reality sets in and, and things begin to change. But if you have trained yourself to be a strategic thinker, you can accommodate that. That's the difference between a theory, practice and praxis and a willingness to adjust your theory based on what your real world practice is showing you and being willing to adjust your practice based on, oh, I had some assumptions, but then when I tried some things, I learned some things. That's why I always enjoyed going to your symposiums as well, where, where, you, where, where you became a speaker, because you have a way of putting the giving things context. I love that. You give things the important context that they need. Now, David, tell me a little bit about decolonizing economic summit yes i you know thank you for asking Roberto, and i hope that you and your listeners will come it is happening april 20 through 22 april 22 of course is earth day this year uh, but it's online and it's completely free just go to decolonizing economics.or or decolonizing economics.org and you can find out uh, more about it we would love to have uh and I beg your pardon, Decolonizing Economics Summit. Oh, I'm going to have the link. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. in the blog. Yeah. Perfect. So decolonizingeconomicsummit.org. But what's really important is the this is the fourth annual. The first year we did it, Agberto, uh, I brought in Emily Kawano, the co-coordinator of the U.S. Solidarity Economy Network, Kali Akuno of Cooperation Jackson, and Jerome Scott, uh, our colleague our from- Our colleague, Atlanta. Jerome Scott from Atlanta. Absolutely. All right. And, and then uh, we're, we're joined by uh, Native American Studies Department uh, Director, Dr. Kutcher Rising Baldy. I'm going to be clear. Kali and Emily and Jerome were brilliant, but they also said what I knew they would say because right. I know them very well. Right. And it was all about capitalism is destroying the planet. And we need a new economic system to build worker-owned cooperatives and public banks and participatory budgeting and universal basic income and locally controlled energy production and distribution models. And that's all happening and we can do it uh, and laid it out, right? Dr. Baldy, though, blew my mind because she said, this is all great, but I'm challenging you to think deeper about the culture that is associated with these policies, that it is not enough to just have good concrete policies and good concrete politics, but the worldview that is associated with industrialism and modernity is at odds with the indigenous worldview. And so literally, Alberto, what began as solidarity economy, colon, building a post-capitalist economy, that was year one, Years two, three, and four are now decolonizing economics, building a post-capitalism economy, because it pushed me to think deeper. And I'll tell you this, my friend, I I like I live in Humboldt County, California. So I am a guest on Weot Ancestral Territory. And my mama taught me how to be a good guest to people. And so if 
anybody ever invites me to their home, and you know because you've invited me to right. home for a meal. And if you'll remember, I offered to wash the dishes mm-hmm. or help wash the dishes. You, you and your lovely wife put me and Ruthie up for the night. And if we remember the next day, I said, Egberto, do I make the bed or do I strip the sheets? Right? I remember very well. Not necessary, but I remember. Yes, but that's the point. My mama taught me, if you're going to be a guest, be a good guest. So you get invited back. And as you know, I'm a mama's boy. I love my mama. I'm so much of who I am because of her and my mama and papa, Southern for grandparents. But Egberto, my mama did not teach me how to be a good guest to and on land Mm -hmm. because she was not taught because it wasn't part of the worldview. What I now realize is my ancestors were once in right relationship with land as stewards of the land in Scotland and Ireland. So my ancestors were traumatized by the English empire and the enclosure movement driven off our ancestral lands. We came to this continent, Turtle Island, and traumatized people and drove them off the land, right? I'm literally the descendant of traumatized and traumatizer. So there's plenty of trauma to go around, but I'm not interested in the shame and blame game. What I'm saying is let's learn how to heal the land of the generational trauma. And by healing the land together, We heal each other and ourselves. And it's a worldview that returns us to a perspective of being in right relationship with land and with our cousins, the beavers and the salmon and the the redwood trees, right? Forests are alive. They're ecosystems that are alive. Rivers are alive. We're supposed to be caretaking and part of that. We have a role to play, not power over, but power with, not only with each other, but with land and all life. It's a worldview, my friend. And so for listeners and viewers and readers, if this is resonating with you, come to three full days where we explore with experts who are actually doing it, decolonizing restoration, decolonizing the law, decolonizing the media. Uh, asking ourselves, how do we make land back real? How do we build a movement to combine public banking and participatory budgeting and worker-owned cooperatives all together to democratize the economy? How do we confront racialized capitalism that has separated us? And how can we actually bring people into this movement who may not agree with everything that we're saying, but understand that it's actually a circumstance where the ruling elite are laughing all the way to the bank yes. when they're able to get us arguing amongst ourselves uh, about some of these things. Not that these aren't important, right? But at the end of the day, there's nothing that makes the ruling elite happier than to see so-called left and so-called conservatives battling each other when we have no power. I love that like you would not imagine. I have people in my chat, even as as, as yesterday said, Egberto, I had this this one really got to me um uh because I always end our chats with love you all, thank you all. And he said, what a, a very conservative and he tries to be obnoxious in the chat. But he is at every single program five days a week, sometimes twice on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays when we do on air. And he says, he once said, Egberto, 
what do I need to do for you to hate me? What do I need to do for you to stop loving me? I looked at him and I said the following. Let me tell you, if I allow that to happen, the plutocracy wins because that is their goal. Their goal is for me to let you get me so pissed off for their, for me to create that we can't get together and make that change that you talk about. That change of decolonizing everything depends on us forming coalitions that last, permanent coalitions. And that's what it's all about, David. I love the way you actually articulated that because that is what's important. Your left brother, your right brother, all of these guys have got to stay working together. Like you said, you can go talk to the guy who, and you did that, I'm going to do it now. I can talk to this or I can talk to that. So, Egberto, uh, there's a great quote from a, a fantastic American who does not get uh, enough uh, play. Booker T. Washington mm -hmm. famously said, I shall allow no man to belittle my soul by making me hate him. There you go. I love that. I, you know, I didn't know that quote, but I love that quote. <laughs> didn't know that quote. So anyway, let me ask you something, um, David. How do we get there? Well, that is a great question, Egberto. And what I say is vision, goals, strategies, tactics, right? The how do we get like, and I, I want to say with clarity, the vision is what is the, what is it, what is the world that we want to live in? The goals are what are the achievable concrete benchmarks that put us in a position to be able to achieve one or more of our goals. The strategy is the plan to achieve the goals. The tactics are the things that we do that are in service of our plan to achieve our goals, to put us in a position of uh, our vision. So many times when humans say, especially Americans, oh, we're going to have a, a, a conversation about strategy. Really, all they mean is let's just talk about tactics and timelines. Uh, what I'm saying is I do have a vision, I have goals, I have strategies, but the how we get there is you have to have concrete plans that are A, B, C, and D that are very clear that you take those steps. And then you have an idea that, well, I think FGHI is going to look something like this. JKLM is a little bit further. So this idea of being willing to take the steps that are very clear in front of you, as our friend Jerome Scott says, make it happen, right? That's literally what he has on his uh, email signature, make it happen. So I'll tell you this, I know that I can have conversations with people who are principled, who don't share my ideology, my principles, my values. I can have those conversations but I can't really make plans with them because they have like different goals that they're trying to achieve. Doesn't make them my enemy. Like uh, some of them are my enemy, just to be very clear, right? Uh, there are fascists out there. Mm -hmm. They are at like, I, I make no mistake about like who they are. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you this, the way we get there is by putting into practice our values with policies that make sense and we make people's lives better. There's a great philosophy uh, uh, called non-reformist reforms. Those are reforms, yes, that make people's lives better, 
but they're they're not merely reforms. They're designed to build participatory processes. They're designed to undermine the logic of white supremacy and heteropatriarchy and settler colonialism and capitalism. And the way I think that we do it is that we show, not tell, but show people, hey, if you join a worker-owned cooperative, you'll make more money. You'll you'll have more control over your own time, your own mind, your own value. You'll empower yourself. You're going to be happier following us. It's amazing because a lot of that has some cliche note that cliches that we mentioned that we had before. Lead by example, or simply uh, you, you not only lead by example, but actually show what's actually occurring is better for you. And and I tell you what. Uh, bees or the bees will gravitate to the honey or, or or whatever would gravitate to the honey. They start to see good things happening. That's where they'll go. So, I mean, I, I love the concept. Now, do you have a blog post or a, a, a writing anything on uh, yes. the strategy, I, tactics, and that sort of stuff that you spoke I, about? I do. I, I, I do. And one of the things that I want to make sure to lift up, because I know we're coming to the end of our time together, Egberto. The other thing, and I know that you, as somebody who understands electoral politics is important, but you're also not an electoral fetishist, right? Right. Absolutely Understand, not. Like so many people, Egberto, uh, think, oh, I want social change. So they either say electoral politics is the only thing that matters because that's where you elect people and that's where the decisions get made and movement stuff, whatever. That's just that's whatever. But elections are where it's at. Or the other group will say, if elections could change anything, they'd make it illegal. You're a chump to deal with elections. Social movements is the only thing that's ever changed anything. Egberto, they're both right, which means that they're both wrong. This either (laughs) or approach to Mm -hmm. elections or movements is a false dichotomy. We need social movements that also engage in electoral politics. And my friend, listen to what I'm doing in Humboldt County. It's called the North Coast People's Alliance. I'll drop the URL into the chat for mm-hmm. you so you can make sure it's in the blog and, and on the video. What is it you ask? Why it brings together progressive Democrats and Greens and socialists and declined a state to say, we're not going to fuss with you about whatever party affiliation or party label you have. What we're saying is from the bottom up, a commitment to racial justice, environmental justice, economic justice, and a commitment that if you want to, as an elected official or a a candidate for office, if you want our support, you have to not only check these uh, policy statements, you've also got to make this pledge. I will not seek, nor will I accept corporate contributions. So what I'm saying is when we have that level of agreement at the bot from the bottom up in a popular way, I don't care if you're registered Democrat, registered Green, registered Socialist Party or registered uh, declined estate. I can roll with you. The North Coast People's Alliance is a way to build a truly transpartisan progressive unity. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, uh, we are coming close to the end of time, uh, David. And uh, take as much time as you want to give us a closure to, you know, enrich us. And 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 by the way, I want to I want to get that blog on the stra- strategy, tactics, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, and uh, what I'll say is this, my friend: there is a chapter in a new book uh, coming out that Kali Akuno uh, uh, 
uh, uh, authored and co-edited, and I wrote a chapter for it. I'll give you a link uh, to that entire book, and you can use as much of it or as little of it as you like. But here's my final thoughts. We are in a historic conjuncture. If you ever wondered what you would do uh, during 1930s Germany, or if you wondered what you would do during the American suffragette movement, if you ever wondered what you would do during the American Civil War or the American Revolution, ask yourself what you're doing now. Because every one of those that I just described were historic moments that are at the same level of the historic moment that we're in. We can't just talk about it. We've got to be about it. So we engage in electoral politics without becoming an electoral fetishist. We engage in social movements that build alternative institutions that actually meet people's needs, that show them that we cannot just survive, but thrive live rich and meaningful lives through worker-owned cooperatives, public banking, participatory budgeting, universal basic income, locally controlled energy production and distribution models. All of these things actually exist right now. What we need to do is start to create liberated zones uh, that say we're doing this all in one place to democratize a local area to show people this is what real freedom feels like tastes like, looks like. That's what we have to do. David Cobb, the people's lawyer and much more than what I need to say. Check it out from the beginning. Thank you so kindly for having been part of Politics Done Right. Thank you, Alberto. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.